Welcome to Unraveled Podcast. I'm Bridget. And I'm Mackenzie. This is the place where we unravel all the things on our hearts. Laughter, tears, and real talk are all invited. Here we go. We are so excited to welcome to the show our guest today, Isabel Butker, who is, among other things, the wife to NFL player Harrison Butker, and she is also a stay-at-home mom to two wild and joyful children navigating the simple yet unpredictable life with toddlers on the loose. She is super passionate about learning and implementing all the things that are natural, holistic, and non-toxic, and she's on fire about birth, especially birth at home, but trying to balance with a deeper passion and strive for sainthood. Isabel, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. We're so excited to have you as well. Isabel, okay, would you please give us a brief... um, beginning of maybe your a little bit of your conversion story as we are starting this conversion series um, on our podcast this during Lent and we'd love to start there I just get right into it yeah okay so um I was raised I guess you would say as a just general Protestant but it was more of a like going to church is a good thing to do type thing wasn't really super in depth in terms of my understanding of I don't know Christianity and obviously would have been a lot different from what I might have been able to learn growing up as a Catholic kind of stopped going to even church at all because I played like many people club soccer and that was what I was doing every weekend was just kind of generally skeptical of I don't know just some of the teachings of what I was hearing of I don't know how salvation works in that framework. And it really just wasn't, I wasn't buying it basically. And kind of thought, always would think, oh, after college, I'll try to do some type of deeper dive into things and really figure out like what's going on because I believed in God and I knew that he was real and I believed in Jesus at the time. And I just, just really couldn't sort out all the specifics. And it was always confusing to me how, depending on what church he went to, people kind of had different opinions on different things. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so he was raised Catholic, Um, but was more of a warm understanding also. Just, I mean, a lot of us get into that situation, but he went to Catholic school. And then we both, on our own separately, we're just kind of walking away from all things God. And he, in college, had reversion experience. One of his now best friends and um, that walked onto the football team because he played football in college, but um, convinced him, hey, when's the last time you went to confession? And I'm pretty sure he said, like, oh, I don't know, like five, six years ago, whenever they made you do that for confirmation. Mm-hmm. So somehow convinced him to go. And then after that, he there was no looking back for him. And I guess when he started talking to me about it, I was like, okay, that's great for you because he was so excited and on fire about it. And I'm like, whoa, settle down. I was very much my own person. Like no one can tell me what to do. Um, Independent. I mean, from a young age, my parents were always like, you wouldn't really let us help you with anything. And I'm like, well, sorry. So that just translated on and I was just focusing on being in my sorority and I was playing basketball and I just didn't care. And in my senior year of college, at this point, Harrison kind of wasn't sure that we would actually be able to 
have any future relationships. I didn't realize this at the time, but you know, I'm like, it's fine. But he, you know, was just praying for me on his own. And we weren't talking for a while, actually. And I tore my ACL playing basketball before the season even started. And I had also done this my senior year of high school. And when I came home to get my surgery, because I went to college six hours away from home, my grandmother also died. And she was uh, just really pivotal in my upbringing. I spent so much time with her. I'm an only child, but I do have two other cousins near us, but I was privileged to be able to spend so much time with her. So that just basically all really brought me to the rock bottom in combination with several social experiences I'd been having over the last, I don't know, those first few months of my senior year of college, just not making great choices, not really, I don't know, just not really caring about what I was doing. And it, it all brought me down really hard. And So for that reason, when I hear that people are having those experiences, it makes me really hopeful for them because the worst things that happened to me were really the best things to happen to me because that finally Mm -hmm. caused me to reach back out to Harrison, my husband now, and reconnected and he just slowly, he stopped trying to, you know, force anything on me. He just was praying for me and I graduated from college and then about two months after that, I told him, well, I guess I'd had this experience where he took me to every mass that he had taken me to. I would just cry because I felt so awkward. I was like, everybody's looking at me. They know I'm not supposed to be here. But we were at, on a family vacation where it's, it was like not in our usual city. And I was sitting in the pews and he was going up for communion. I'm like, oh, great. Like, Everyone gets to go up but me. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, God, like, I really just want to know, like, what do I need to be doing here? Like, do I need to be Protestant? Like, do I need to be Catholic? Like, I just, I really don't understand, like, which way to go. But right now I'm not really doing either of them. And just, like, please talk to me. And I'm sitting there in the pews silently crying. And this lady's mm-hmm. looking at me and I'm like, please stop looking at me. I'm like, have a moment. <laughs> and it's hard to describe. And it's a little wacky. I used to think at the time, but now I'm like, no, this is probably legit. And I just felt suddenly I felt embraced. Like someone was physically hugging me. Oh. And I, then to, to me, I was like, okay, like this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, the Catholic church, this is the truth. Like I've been so confused here it is. And so I was so embarrassed to even tell him for a month after that. And I was finally like, okay, I want to go through ICIA. Like I want to join the church. (laughs) And he just kind of broke down and he was like, my goodness, (laughs) I don't want to emasculate him at all. I tried to like talk for him with my girl voice, but (laughs) (laughs) he's like, I've been praying for you every day. I've been praying the rosary for you. Just hoping that you would want to come into the church. And and to me, you know, that was the most romantic thing. I'm like, oh my goodness. And then I'm crying and I'm like, okay, this is disgusting. We have to stop doing this. (laughs) But anyway, so then that next Easter, I came into the church. Wow. A month after we got engaged, next year we were married and now we have two beautiful children. And actually this Easter will be my five-year anniversary of officially being confirmed and receiving first communion so very excited (laughs) yeah congrats that's amazing it's been really awesome i mean 
Oh. God works in mysterious ways, but sometimes when the baddest, the worst things, not the baddest, well, whew, things are happening. It's just when I'm always realizing he's trying to tell me something, so yeah. I should listen. Isabel, we were just, we're in a book club that Ken's started, um, and we had a meeting last night, and we're reading this book called Hind's Feet in High Places. And um, it, it's an allegory about how this character is like in such a low place. And basically the good shepherd promises her like this high place of heaven. But she, but we were just talking about a chapter last night about how he leads her to a, a low place. And all mm. of us girls on the call were basically talking about like what you described. Like there's yeah. an event that sometimes happens where we hit rock bottom and it's usually in those places that he meets us in such a profound way, almost like we had to go there um, to mm -hmm. experience him fully. Um, but you guys, I mean, you guys are like a powerhouse Catholic couple, like not even just a little bit. Um, you, you're so humble about it. But Har so Harrison um, is an NFL player and he's been featured in quite a few articles that I've come across in Catholic media on how devout he is. And you guys attend Latin mass. Can you talk a little bit about how you went from Protestant to like, like going to the Latin mass? I yeah. Such a I, wild um, transformation. I've actually had a mom that I met at one of the parishes here in Kansas city where we live be like, honestly, you're super weird because you're a convert and you're already at this parish. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> mm -hmm. and so I'm like, well, honestly, um, what's interesting is, I guess, I don't know, we kind of got there around the same time, but on our own since, you know, we were engaged, we were living in different places. Um, where I was living at the time, there was the this FSSP parish, like the only one in Georgia about, I don't know, less than 10 minutes from where I was living. So I started going there for daily mass. I had been there once before with Harrison and just been like, what in the world did I just experience? Like that was mass. Like that looks completely different than what I thought mass was um, just in the different rites. But yeah, so I started going there for daily mass. And at first and I would just kind of sit there and listen and pray and just watch other people. And then I learned that you could get a missile, but I don't know. I just was so struck by the beauty of it. And, and Harrison was really busy that year. So he didn't, he didn't get to go to daily mass as much as me because he had football practice, but um, he had started going to a parish nearby where he was living in Kansas city, where it was a diocesan parish that was also celebrating the Latin mass. And we both were just kind of transformed and, overwhelmed by this experience and we always say i don't know if we had gotten married like if we were getting married a couple months later than when we got married we probably would have completely switched it to the traditional liturgy but um really ever since we got married and moved we have been going to the traditional mass and haven't really looked back and i think what brought us here the most is just some of the liturgical abuses that we had experienced in just various parishes and various places we've been and it just to the point where there's this loss of understanding that we're in the presence of Jesus and we want to be giving God like this beautiful liturgy that he deserves and I, I feel like it's just sometimes so easy to get caught up in the oh I'm participating or kind of what's going on in front of you instead of really, really realizing 
that's Jesus. That's God there in the tabernacle here with us. And I just for us, we've seen that our reverence towards him has been able to grow by attending this different mass and the way that the the other people there are behaving towards and even the children um seem to understand that like something really beautiful and serious is happening here and just seeing the way that our son like he will just like at, at 18 months he would just i'd walk around in the kitchen he's just kneeling down with his little chewy rosary thing and he's praying i mean you would think that we just must sit around all day praying rosaries we don't um but that's what he makes it look like because he's just you know he's noticing the reverence of it and it's really just transformed our lives and being around all these different families too that they can show you just the ways you can grow in your vocation and it's really just been an amazing experience for both of us in that way. Yeah, my son is so hyper and the most quiet he's ever been has been when we, we've only gone to Latin mass maybe like two or three times, but we went one time with him and my my husband goes, I feel like he was entranced. Like he yeah. kind of like he was in awe. Like he just sat there and like was just like a different child. So. Yeah, it's like, what's going on? What is he doing? And then you yeah. know, it's a high mass too with the singing. It's like, whoa, like this is this is really cool. <laughs> they're always really, there's like a, there's like a period where they're like really interested in it. And sometimes it wears off, but that's why you can, you can walk out into like the mother's room area or the narthex, whatever, when, and then they come back and they're normally refreshed and re-interested in it. But I mean, that alone has been really cool to watch just with our children. I felt so struck by the Latin Mass here, too, as well. We just moved um, to the middle of nowhere, basically. Not really. We're in Rapid City now (laughs) from California. And it's crazy to see the people flock here for the FSSP Parish because it's not everywhere. And there are people from the East Coast, like um, not the East Coast, like the South, the Southern East. And then um, a lot of people from Oregon and and Washington and everyone's a transplant and it's because they seek this out. And yeah. it's, and I, I'm just, I same with you guys. I, I was struck by the families. I think that's what keeps us going mm-hmm. because it's, so, it's such a community of um, just goodness, all searching for the kingdom together and in this like super intimate setting and the, Yes, I love the high mass, and it doesn't even feel longer. Like no, you go it's to so the, beautiful. It's so beautiful. You're like, I love the high mass, the music, um, and the choir loft, and then the incense, and it just, I know, once once you start going, it's hard to switch it up. But yeah. um, it's infectious, love, really. It's in yes, it's infectious, and we even mm-hmm. took my in laws here, um, last weekend to the Latin mass because you just want everyone to experience it. Yeah. Um, because you wouldn't otherwise unless someone brings you. And I remember the first person that brought me in California and I, I felt crazy. I was like, what am I even doing? I don't even know Latin. Like, la, 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 la. Yeah. But everyone knows that that's the start. And I still don't know. I, yeah. I'm going to carry that missile probably till the day I die. So I love it. I mean, I don't get to read it ever now because I'm always holding a child. But, you know, I'm back there with the other moms and it's like, you know, a support group. Like, okay, which part are we at? Okay, great. You know, (laughs) you're all in it together. And I love your story, Isabel, about what you said, how he didn't push you. Your husband didn't push you to um, come to the Catholic faith. Mm -hmm. Instead, he was praying for you. And I think 
as a cradle Catholic and B and I talk about this all the time when, when we long for our deep friendships and family members to come back to the faith or just to come at all. Um, we, you know, we want to do all these things like as Catholics, like what can I show them? How can I, um, beauty that I love all we can do is live it out in our own life and pray. What's like some advice maybe you could give people who, have someone in their life that is, has left the church or, or, um, has never even experienced it, how to speak with them about that, how to, how to bring it lightly to their, to their lives. I mean, as just mere humans, there's obviously our abilities are so limited in being in the world we are now where you can access information at the snap of a finger. You're so used to feeling like we're able to be, in way more control than we are and it's one of those things where sometimes it doesn't matter how many conversations you have with somebody if they're not open to hearing it it's it's just gonna go in one ear and out the other not that you shouldn't continue to have those conversations in charity but anytime I mean just kind of giving up your own sense of control and it's something I still struggle with I mean constantly just to grow in faith and trust that God can do all kinds of amazing things in people that you would never expect. And there have been people that I've been praying for. I've been so shocked even recently, people that I've been praying for for years and years. Not really that many, I guess, because I've only been Catholic for five years, but it feels like a lifetime. Um, recently just been like expressing interest in it or they're like, I, I find like, tell me more about this. And Honestly, the biggest thing is just living it out and people see that and it impacts them, whether they, they might not realize it, but just living out the faith and trying to be a disciple for Christ, just resemble him and resemble our blessed mother and that impacts people. Was there something deeper about Catholicism, something deeper about the church that you didn't ever experience like as a Protestant? Yes. Some of it I was mean, just- I, I was never a Protestant, but like, for example, I think it's so shocking. Like you walk into their sanctuary and it's just like a room, like a white yeah. room with nothing. And yeah. I think, you know, Ken and I have talked about that before, like that they're, that it's just so surprising. Sometimes they don't even have a cross. There are there devotions that you love. Are there, you know, a saint that drew you in? It's a combination of several things. I mean, for one, I was never really a fan of the whole mega church, like, let's go to church and it's a rock concert thing. That just really never made sense to me. It didn't yeah. seem very respectful. So I think the reverence, just the more traditional feel of like, this is church. That was yeah. one thing. Some of it was answers to certain social issues. And just really the fact that there's this universality of the Catholic church. It's like, it's not DIY Catholicism. It's not like, oh, I'll take this and this and this from what they say. This is what I believe. You know, it's the fact that it's out there. Here it is. This is the doctrine. You know, this is what we commit to. And this is what makes us Catholic. That made more sense to me. Because there's just such, I just felt so confused as a Protestant. Like, yeah. no one could really give me any answers because it was just like, oh, um, just a lot more emotional base and I just needed more concrete. But the biggest thing for me, I mean, that has changed my life. I guess I didn't mention this, but like Harrison had convinced me to pray the rosary before I was even Catholic. 
And I think at the time I was like, okay, I'll be a good girlfriend and I'll try this. But <laughs> even wow. when I was not even really into it, but I was, I was praying it before my basketball games, like maybe I'll get some more playing time. I'm kidding. That's not how that works. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, was a, I was a bench warmer and it took me a while to accept that truth. But anyways, uh, they just, our blessed mother has been so impactful. And just the mm. fact that, you know, everybody's got familial issues. Everybody, as a mother myself, I'm far from perfect. I sadly have to accept the fact that despite my efforts, I might fail my children a lot. But the fact that no matter what, when you're seeking God, like he never abandons us. The Holy Spirit, he, the Holy Spirit is with us. Our mm-hmm. blessed mother, she's always there for us. We have these perfect parents in heaven. Mm-hmm. And that really for me has just been such... I mean, that really is what changed my heart the most and made me the most open to learning about the truth is just knowing that I'm not alone, you know? Yeah. We're not, we don't have to feel this abandonment in which so much of just day-to-day life leaves us feeling so lonely and just even in a group of people, like no one can relate to you and it's regardless of that. Mm-hmm. They hear you, they, they know your heart, and they love you. And that's just been amazing for me. And also as a mother, just knowing that when I fall short, she's always going to be there for them, and they can always lean on her. And God forbid I'm not around anymore, not that, not that that's necessarily the same thing, but that's, I think, just the heart of it all, just the mother of God being there for us is also being our mother and it just makes so much sense it mm-hmm. because you know we're sinful humans we're imperfect but god doesn't want us to feel abandoned and alone and i don't know mm-hmm. like we have to figure everything out totally for ourselves yeah i love how you touched on wounds too in that whole yeah example because bridget and i do retreats and it always comes down to our own unique suffering and crosses that mm-hmm. happen through our families. Um, and you said it, 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 we all have familial issues mm-hmm. and I think you're right. I think the church does such a beautiful, has such a beautiful display of like um, you have this uh, kingdom of angels and saints and mama Mary and Joseph and God, and they're all with you and they, no one can relate to you like them. And so that's, that's a huge reason to, and it's you know. so true. How can you feel alone when you have that army of saints and angels and the yeah. holy family? And you know, I and I could see how in other um, in other versions of Christianity, it's like my mom used to always explain it to me this way because I grew up in the Bible Belt with lots of different types of Christians. And she was <laughs> like, "It's not that they're wrong, Bridget. It's just that they have a piece of the pie, mm. and the original church is like the full pie, and like they yeah. have one piece over here, they have another piece over here, and it's just it's so true that." there's so much beauty to unpack and we could probably do like 20 episodes on this I know. <laughs> um, but thank you for spearheading this series for us and for yeah, chatting with us even with your babies like oh, we, really, we absolutely get it and we just love that you um were able to to chat with us yeah just yeah. just trying to make make the dream work over here <laughs> you're it doing the dream it is the we're dream. all in it we're all yeah. <laughs> if you have any toddlers running around, we're with you. Yeah, we are all on get the it. same wavelength. Like mom, mom, links. Links. yeah, mom, <laughs> <links>. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, well, um, thanks so much, Isabel. And um, thanks to everyone listening. And we will have more of these inspiring um, conversion stories up ahead. Okay. God bless you guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Unraveled Podcasts. To stay a part of the conversation, follow us on Instagram at Unraveled Podcast or on Spotify at The Unraveled Podcast. Thanks for listening.